My name is Dr. John Bird. I'm a professor of hematology at The Ohio State University and the chief medical officer for the BDAML trial. Right. Now, in the BEAT-AML trial, first of all, could you give me some of the background to where we're at? Why do you need the BEAT-AML trial? Well, for many years, acute myeloid leukemia, the most common adult leukemia, was treated as a single disease. What all of the basic science done in this disease has taught us is that AML is not a single disease, but likely... 15 or more diseases. And this is often in adults characterized by what we call driver mutations, things that when they show up, say, lead the bone marrow not to perform normally, but rather develop acute myeloid leukemia. Patients with AML often will have several of these but one that's dominant, and several that, several that come later. Right. So typically, at the moment, without full knowledge necessarily in the case of each patient of what the driver mutations might be, what typically happens? So typically, for AML, patients will be diagnosed very acutely. That's why it's called acute myeloid leukemia. They will come in often feeling ill and told, you need to start therapy immediately. You're going to be in the hospital for 28 days. And the same therapy for all the different types of AML is given, a very intensive chemotherapy. That, that and, and the significance of dichotomizing the different types of AML is that if you can imagine having prostate cancer and your doctor treating you with a breast cancer treatment, most of the times the breast cancer treatment is not going to work with prostate cancer. The significance of our trial is that we are looking at the different types of AML and prospectively picking the best therapy, the prostate equivalent therapy of AML, for the individual patient in a timely fashion. Why, in the case of AML, is it important to get in quickly with your treatment? In the past, and when I trained as a fellow, we were taught that when a patient came in with AML, you didn't let the sun set without them being treated. The field has evolved as we've developed more knowledge of the disease, that it's different diseases, that we have to, we can wait if we need to a a short period of time. And, And sort of studies showed that that was probably seven days or less where patients weren't harmed. And so... That forms the genesis of, uh, you know, the purpose of our study, you know, that's going to be presented at this meeting, that we could, you know, could we use and generate all of the information about the patient's leukemia in seven days to decide what is the best therapy for them. Enter the algorithm. What is it and what does it do? Yeah, the algorithm that we're using in our study is based upon that principle of what is the dominant driver of the ML do we have a therapy that's going to be impactful for the biology? And also, are, do the patients fall into a small subgroup of patients where what we were doing before, chemotherapy, is really beneficial to them? And so we sort of set that as, since the, if the standard is going to help patients, we continue, we go with that. 
And how do you find the dominant driver mutation and what do you do about the other mutations that might be present in the same patient? Well, the, the, the hypothesis of our study is, is that if you have the dominant mutation, it, it, then all of the subclones, what comes after that, are still going to have that dominant mutation. And so if you, you know, and if, if, we think of a, if, you know, if we think of a tree, you know, you have the trunk and you have the branches. And so the branches are the equivalents of sort of the subclones. And what we try to do is go after the trunk. Because if, if you cut the roots or the trunk of the tree, then the tree is going to die. Could you, could, could you paint me the landscape of what therapies are available to target these mutations then that you are now finding with sophisticated precision medicine? Yeah, so in, a, in, addition, you know, in addition to the chemotherapy approach, which helps a small subset of patients, you know, there are agents that target IDH, you know, IDH2, inositinib, IDH1, FLT3, um, say there are agents that target hypermethylation, which corresponds to mutations of WT1 and TET2. You know, there are medicines that target the MLL translocation, the core binding factor AML. And you know, what's really unique about our study is some patients, when we look, don't have discernible mutations that are targetable. And in other studies, those patients would be told, well, you can't go on a study. And for that group, we have more broad, broad agents directed toward AML that can potentially help them. So every patient that goes on our study can get, you know, can get a new therapy, therapeutic approach. And what does your algorithm do in taking account of all of these targets and mutations? Well, our, our, algorithm, you know, our, our algorithm tries to identify you know, the trunk that, you know, the trunk mutation that's going to best, uh, where we can best direct our therapies toward. And then, would you then select the agent and go with that one? That's correct. We would, the data would all come together. One of the, one of the principals, Dr. Levine, Ross Levine, Brian Drucker, myself, would, would review the results, and then we would assign therapy to one of these based upon the results. The, the algorithm is not you know, a simple computer algorithm. It, it requires looking at all the features of the patients. And, you know, and in some cases, if we see that the algorithm, and this doesn't happen very often, is not making the best choice for the patient, then we will direct them in a different way. It's always our study is you know, for the patient. The patients aren't for our study. Right. And you had 356 patients with suspected AML, and you were able to assign quite a number of them fairly promptly. Can you tell me what happened in the study and what you think the benefits coming out of the study are? I think the benefits of the study are that patients going on, uh, say, are allowed to take advantage of all the technologies that we have to pick the best therapy. There's a seven-day time period of waiting for that. You know, there are a subset of patients that during that waiting time period are able to think about their diagnosis, are able to think about their lives and what they want to do, and are able to decide maybe they don't want to do therapy. And, and in doing this approach, we, we allow patients to become accommodated with their disease, to, be able, to avoid a post-traumatic stress disorder from being rushed into therapy without being an active participant in the, you know, in the decision to treat their disease. 
And uh, what should cancer doctors be doing about your uh, algorithm now and this, this technique which seems to be effective from what you're saying? I think physicians, uh, you know, physician, this approach of personalized medicine is moving, you know, is moving forward. The way we're doing it is, you know, is one way of doing it. And we certainly, we certainly need to improve on what we're doing. And ideally, our, you know, our next goal is to try to disseminate this approach to where doctors in the, you know, doctors in the community, doctors who is, is access to these medicines becomes available potentially, uh, that patients, you know, that patients can go this, can go this approach when it's appropriate. And how easy is it to get hold of the uh, testing equipment to actually analyze for these various targets? Is, is that something that could become routine? Yeah, one of, one of our partners, Foundation Medicine and another in vitro scribe, both have commercial assays for, the, for this. They've made special adaptations to turn things around in seven days for our study. But you know, you know, there's a lot of work ongoing by different groups to make this, uh, you know, to make this possible. And I would expect, as the technologies uh, move forward and develop, this is going to become something that's widely available to patients. So, how would you summarize your overall findings? This is the beginning, but it's in. It's very exciting that we have been able to show that we can effectively assign therapy to more than 95% of patients within seven days. The we've shown that we can eliminate therapies that are not effective as part of the main trial, and also bring forward real neat oral agents. You know that are going to change how AML is treated. Really, the exciting part is the future as we move to novel, novel combinations, and you know that's been possible only because of the concept among the whole study team that this trial is for patients. You know, we, nobody can be involved in this study if they want to take credit. And, uh, you know, the wonderful sponsorship of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, you know, that has really made uh, this, big, this impactful study, given it the impactful study, the ability to move forward. And what is the take-home message for cancer doctors then? Precision medicine is here, and it's time, you know, as new therapies come forward for AML, you know, we really need to be adapting this approach.